Next up on the Renaissance Man podcast, we have legendary DJ and producer, Kid Capri. Coming up, I'll talk to Kid about his first exposure to hip hop in the streets of the Bronx, his favorite songs to scratch, and his thoughts on the Holy Trinity, Cool Herc, Africa Bambada, and Grandmaster Flash. Up next, Kid Capri. Let's go. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hi, I'm Jalen Rose, and welcome to the Renaissance Man podcast, proudly presented by the New York Post, a show where we cover trends in fashion, entertainment, current events, and everything in between. Be sure to share this podcast with your siblings, your friends, your kids, your coworkers. Share with anyone that you just know can use some of this. Good old-fashioned tofu. This week's theme is start where you are. Recently, I had the honor of attending an event in New York City honoring Sean Carter, a.k.a. Jay-Z. It was an exhibition at the Brooklyn Public Library called The Book of Hove. It was amazing seeing Hove's creativity, his life, and his work celebrated like this. Got a chance to break bread with him afterwards. Beyonce was there. Alicia Keys and The Weeknd were there. Michael Rubin was there. My guy OG Juan and Dez was there. The entire Rock La Familia was there. And it got me thinking, even someone like Jay-Z, who's redefined hip-hop music and culture on a global scale, had to start from scratch in the Marcy Projects. All of us, at one point or another, began our journeys with just an idea and the courage to make it real. That's why I want to remind you, don't wait for a sign or someone to hand you your next opportunity. Start where you are right now because there is never going to be a perfect time to go after what you want. Trust me, I know. The best time is wherever you are at this very moment. Mentally, physically, emotionally, financially, it don't matter. Start that creative project you've been dreaming about. Map out that business plan. Make a change in your life that's meaningful to you. 
my next guest started from where he was in the Bronx and eventually became one of the most influential DJs and producers in the history of hip hop. Kid Capri knows the struggle of carrying crates of vinyl back in the days to events. He wasn't just a witness to the rise of so many artists. He was a trailblazer. He's an innovator and a pioneer of hip hop culture. Coming up, I talked to Kid about his album called Love, what he considers his best memory of the teacher, KRS-One, the greatest battle raps he's ever witnessed, and how the tour he holds closest to his heart was with the late, great Aaliyah. Up next, Kid Capri. It is my honor to welcome the incredible Kid Capri. Mr. The Rose, what's up, brother? What up, my brother? How you doing? I'm blessed, man. Thank you for having me, man. It means a lot. My pleasure, my pleasure. Born in Brooklyn, raised in the Bronx, the home, the birthplace of hip hop. Tell Absolutely. me your first introduction to what we now call hip hop. I was standing on the block and a guy named Gerald, one of the older guys, he was uh, playing dice, he was shooting dice, and he was he taking the dice and going, and yes, yes, y'all, to the beach, y'all, and he's throwing these dice, he's saying, yes, yes, y'all, to the beach, I'm looking at him saying, what do you mean, yes, yes, what are you saying, what are you talking about? That weekend, that Friday, I went to a party in a club, in a, a spot called Marble Hill Project, community center, you pay for a dollar, you go when you go see a group called Rockwell, DJ B Warrior, and I seen the MC on the mic with an echo chamber going, yes, yes, y'all, y'all, to the beat, y'all, y'all. And I said, yo, that's what he was saying. So it was brand new. After I seen that, I ran home and told my mother I wanted to be a DJ. She didn't know what I was talking about. We didn't have a whole lot of money at the time, but she bought me a, 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 a mixer that had no headphone holding it. It was a little cheap mixer, but that mixer was my first mixer. She bought me a little tape deck. My man had to turn tables up the block. I took the mix up the block to his house. He'll buy a record, I'll buy one. And that's how we started. And I would get better than everybody else because I had no headphones to hear it. I had to guess all the spots on the on the record. So that made me better than everybody in the neighborhood. And I ended up staying with him. It took me all the way up, man. It was an incredible time. Shout to Gerald, by the way. Cause that yes, yes, y'all has transpired over 50 years. He need to be getting some sort of trademark royalties or something from that. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, there's a lot of different things. Say ho, <laughs> right? And you're like, it's so right. many things that that was created through hip hop, man. That uh, people don't get the credit for. For those that don't know, I'm gonna name a couple of people that are responsible for what we now see as rap music, hip hop, and celebrations of the culture. Cool hurt. He's the pioneer. He's the, he's the first. Like he's the one that that took something that was already there, records and breaks and beats and funky music, and just put it in the hood. Just let the hood hear it and let the hood dance to it and, and understand it and, and 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 absorb it. 
And this is 1973 we're talking about, you know what I'm saying? So that party that happened in Cedar Avenue in that building, which we're about to do something major, me and KRS one about to do something major in front of there. Um, oh. that that building, it, it it what happened, what took place on that day in that building was the beginning of something that's gonna be all the way to 2023. This is 1973. We're talking a long time here. So you know, for him to make that move, that what he did, which he, I'm sure he didn't understand what he was doing at the time, you know what I'm saying? But but being that he did do it, no doubt. this is the history that it is and what it was laid down for years to come. You know what I'm saying? And, 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 you know, he should be revered in that way. He should be celebrated in that way. And it took a long time for people to really even celebrate him in the way that they're doing right now. Um, But he deserves it, definitely. So gather around, boys and girls, because you're about to get scripture today i'm with the mm -hmm. legendary dj kid capri and i actually was born in 1973 and i always joked that hip hop hip hop and i are cousins because mm -hmm. we grew up together so i have another name for you africa bambada the other one man africa bambada he's from the same era and he comes from the same thing and what happened with Af africa bambada he became the master of records he was the one that was known to have all the records, like it was crazy. When you seen the flyer, have you ever seen a Soul Sonic Force flyer mm. with Africa Bambada on it? Before they said his name, they would say Master of Records, Africa Bambada. So he was like way ahead. And then he was doing organized things in hip hop. Like he was trying to like get people to organize and, and you know, and, uh, just be self-efficient. Mm -hmm. you know, um, didn't have a lot of resources, but what he did have, you know, he used well. And um, he made some dope records. He made some incredible records. Uh, Planet Rock, Monumental, Here Forever. Uh, looking for the perfect beat, same thing. Like he, he definitely put himself in it in a way that uh, is going to be forever for him. And I have to complete what is known as the Holy Trinity. Grandmaster Flash. Grandmaster Flash, brother. I just did a show with Flash uh, at Central Park recently. We just did one uh, a couple of weeks ago. and um. You know, with Flash, me and Flash call each other. Every time I call, Flash is like a privilege because, you know, he's Flash. You know what I'm saying? And um, he, he would come to my shows and see this pandemonium going on and, and what's going on. And he and he'd just turn around and say, yo, I'm so proud of you, man. Like, you took it and just made it what it is. And, you know, what you did, he took it to another level and made it able to bring money to it. You know, keep in mind, these dudes, they're my heroes because they didn't get the money and the accolades and all the, right. all the stuff that they should have got that I've gotten later on. You right. know what I'm saying? Or others that I might have gotten later on. Now in Hip Hop 50, you're seeing everybody together. That was one thing that was great about the BET Awards that I did is that the one thing I wanted to get across was to get the older and the younger together at a party and have a good time, enjoy each other's music, and there's no mm -hmm. separation. You know what I'm saying? I think I hit the mark on that when I did that. Um, And, and that's been a problem before. For a long time, but but, but hip hop man, it's it it's never it's never supposed to be an age thing. It's never an age thing with me. It's always about what's good, what right. gets the job done, not mm -hmm. what's popular. What gets the job done? You can get somebody that's popular with a hit record. That doesn't mean they're gonna come tear the show down. That doesn't mean they're gonna give people what they want when they pay their money. But the right. one that's pop, the one that gets the job done, he gonna do what, what needs to be done. And and that's what I want to work with the the, the greatness of what this can offer. And some people may want less than that, but I always, I always seek the greatness. So. And you were a person, and as you credit Flash as well, that became a DJ 
that's a headliner that allowed the artist to get on your set, that allowed the artist to get on stage with you because the crowd, in theory, was there to see you. So can you talk about the dynamics of how hip-hop was in particular then when the showcase literally was the DJ? Yeah, it was always about the DJ first. That's why you always heard the, the, the MC would say, my DJ was this and that. And if you've seen the group, you would see Grandmaster Flash and the Furious Five. You would see Charlie Chase and the Cold Crush Brothers. You would see Grandmaster, uh, Grandmaster Theodore and the Fantastic Five. It would always mention the DJ first, you know, because the DJ was the first element of it all. And when records came about in hip-hop, you know, at first DJs were scratching the record, but then after a while, you didn't need a DJ on the record anymore. So now they got pushed in the back because the MC became the front guy. That's where I came in. Yeah, I came in. I wanted to be looked at as an artist. I didn't want to be looked at as somebody just playing records or standing behind somebody. I wanted to be a force to be reckoned with against the guy that has the big hit platinum record. And that was my focus. So I took it in a way where it would be a one-man band. And we could take this all around the world. It doesn't, it's not a New York thing. It's a thing where it could go all around the world and touch everybody. And everybody could be influenced by it. And fortunately enough, Russell Simmons came with this television show for me, Dev Comedy Jam, that was able to put me in the eyes of people in their living room. And now they got at least a start of what I was about. And I came to the city to do the concert with Dev Comedy Jam. Now they got a full vision of what this really is. And then it just took from there. So I owe a lot of a lot to Russell for that. Now I'm appreciative for what he did with that because that was a big, big moment for me to get off what I was trying to get off. Absolutely. And you crushed it for seven years. And that show meant so much, not only for comics, but for the culture and marrying music, in particular rap, and made it the soundtrack of our lives. So as a DJ, there have to be songs that stick out to you as some of your favorite songs to scratch, some of your favorite break beats. Can you acknowledge some of those in particular as you started to get into your craft? Absolutely. Uh, some of the best records to scratch on is uh, Pump Me Up, Trouble Funk, Run DMC, Peter Piper. It's like a DJ dream record to play. Um, a lot of different great beats. I Can't Stop, Good Times, uh, anything that has kind of hits on it. Um, yeah, it's, it's records like that that's fun to play because it, 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 it's, it's exercise. When you play it, it's, it's not just playing it. You gotta, you gotta, it's exercise. You know, you're cutting, you're doing your thing. You know, you know? So it it's an art. It's like painting something when you play those records because of the way that you have to play them. Um, like I said, anybody can play these records. You right. know? It's there for anybody to play. It's how you play them. You know what I'm saying? That that makes you special. That makes you different than everybody else. You know, same thing with making records. I put an album out last year called The Love. I rhymed on the whole album. I produced the whole album. The album's incredible. I didn't need nobody to help me do that. Because I know what people want want out there. I know what people, what my crowd is. I know I'm also a fan besides the person that delivers it. So no. that's how we all got to think. We got to think as a fan, as how the person feels when they pay their money and they come to see us. What would they want to feel like? What would make them want to come back to see us again? What would make the promoter want to hire us again to do a show? And that's how you become great and better. When it becomes not about you, it becomes about them. And that's what I always been. Always wanting the, the the situation or the crowd to be better than it was before they seen it. And that's how it works. And so, kid, you've been on so many tours, done so many shows, 
done so many concerts. Can you acknowledge a couple of your favorite tours, some of the other artists that probably were on those tours that you were part of? I think one of my favorite shows I ever did, I think was probably my best show I ever did, was when I helped Aaliyah, God bless her. They asked me, um, she wanted me to go on the Budweiser Superfest tour with her to help out. I will usually go out and be behind people. It had to be somebody that, you know, was special, you know, and she was very special to me. She was like a little sister. No doubt, baby girl. Yeah, so she asked me to go out with her. On that tour was Mary J. Blige, Drew Hill, um, uh, Bone Thugs and Harmony, and Genuine. So she had a lot of aggression around her. Her show was really a dancing show, so she needed some aggression. So that's where they came and got me to come out in the middle of her show to give her that aggression. Mm-hmm. And we came to the garden, we came to Madison Square Garden. I must have did about five shows at the garden. But this show I did, it probably, the, the magnitude of the people, the, the way they were screaming and the way it was shaking and looking. And I brought Buster Rhymes out with me too, just when you just put, put your hands out to see. I brought him out after I did my set. I brought him out. And the show might as well have just been over after that. And we talk about, me and Buster talk about this today. When we was up on stage, we felt the people screaming. We felt the wind from their breath, from the people screaming at us while we were on stage. I'm glad Buster was there to witness this because when Buster, even Buster, he said, kid, you remember when we felt that? I was glad he was there to feel it because I'd have told somebody they thought I was, you know. But right. he was there. And, and witnessed this man. It was, it was the craziest show I ever did. My daughter's mother, she said, "Yo, I ain't never seen a show like that." She said, "Like people were just throwing people." It, it was, it was crazy. So, years later, Aaliyah dies. Right. So that was a memory that I was so glad I've done that. The same thing when I produced nothing but love for Heavy D. Yes. You know what I'm saying? His last big hit. I was able to give him something before he he was gone. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? Like. I worked with a lot of people and then later on they're gone. You know, um, that's why we always gotta celebrate our heroes, man. You never know. But I work with everybody and you know, when when you do something for Aaliyah, somebody something like like Aaliyah, man, and then she passed away, man. It's like, you know, I didn't even know how to accept that. I didn't know how to even deal with that. But I was glad I was able to come through for and be there. You know, Pops also rest in peace, Mike. You know, our pops was real cool, you know, um, made them happy, you know, and, and, and that's it. After she passed away, I got a call from them, you know, telling me how much they appreciate what I did and everything. So I was really, really glad I was able to do that, bro. You know, and, um, you know, that's the piece to live. And, and thank you for sharing that story. I'm pretty sure that's emotional for you as you think back, like you mentioned, over decades of hip hop and so many artists like Heavy D that you got a chance to work with and produce songs for and Aaliyah as well. And I'm pretty sure a lot of people ask you the greatest, so I'm not gonna do that because you're too dope. I wanna ask you, just over the decades, name some of the illest artists that you recall. Some of just just microphone controllers, just the illest. I mean, goes without saying, KRS-One. Uh, Nas, um, Slick Rick, one of the craziest with the word with the pen, um, Twisted. Like, it, I can go on and on and on and on. But I'm always asked, who's my top five? And my answer is always the same thing. I don't have a top five. 
There was a Michael Jordan. Yep. There was a Jalen Rose mm-hmm. somewhere else where Jalen Rose was playing. Yep. Nobody knew about. Correct. Right? Right. Mm-hmm. So the same thing. There's a lot of MCs that's incredible because to me, the top MCs are battle rappers. Mm-hmm. The most brilliant dude there is is battle rappers. The most no doubt. Right. So when you say top five, what do you mean? Top five seller? Top five show grosser? The richest MC? What, what do you mean top five? Because there's too many I'm dope MCs. I'm a dope MC. I, I, exactly. The way I rhyme on my record, you think I can, I can hang with Jay. I can hang with Nas the way I rhyme. Right. You know, I'm not saying I'm better, but I could hang with them. Like, so you got, when you say top five, what do you mean? What do you, what? Thank what do you. you. Thank you for having me drill down on this because right. you went to my favorite category that inspires me in a lot of different areas of my life. And I gain inspiration for watching battle raps. I'll be right. watching Party Artie and Murder Move. I'll I be watching them still to this day. So I want to I did an album. I did an album called Top Tier that I didn't put out yet about five years ago with all the battle rappers. I was helping the battle rappers 10 years, started 10 years ago when no artist was there. Before they got hot, I was the one trying to help them get hot. That's why I got so respected by all of them. And they came and did this album with me because I was trying to help them when nobody was trying to help them. When they was in video stores and on the street corners and stuff like that. So I called Loaded Lux and me and Loaded Lux, we shot a half hour thing for HBO. And it was incredible. <laughs> but then I ended up doing this album that I didn't put out yet. But the album is incredible, man. I produced the whole album. Everybody's on it from Lux to Chilla Jones. Everybody's on this album. Um, but I was helping them way before they got on. But they're the most brilliant dudes to ever do it. And that's why they're getting everything they deserve right now. And I'm so happy that Smack is in the position that he's in now because he hustled a long time trying to get all these people on. And for him to give a platform to, to create opportunity for all these people, it's the same thing that Russell Simmons did with Def Comedy Jam. Agreed. You know what I'm saying? And, and Def Jam. So when you look at that, man, that's monumental with itself. You're giving people a chance to have an opportunity. An opportunity means everything. It's what you do with it to make it happen. When somebody gives you something like that, you know, you, you take that as a blessing. What are and and shout to Grandmaster Cass. I just had to say his name when you brought up battle rap, no doubt. What are some of the your favorite battle raps that you got a chance to witness? Two artists going back and forth. And LL and Kumo D. Mm. LL and IC. <laughs> Busy being Kumo D. Uh, 50 Cent and Ja Rule. Mm-hmm. Jay-Z and Nas. Yes. Like, real joints. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, but then you look at a battle, the, the battle rap battles, it's different. Because in battle rap, it's way more personal. Right. It's way more in-depth. They're not making no records. There's no boundaries. There's no none of that. It's what it is. That's why I couldn't be a battle rapper because you couldn't talk about my mom and my girl That's it. You can't do it. So I just stay in my distance. But it takes a lot to have those that type of brilliance and resilience to get up there, you know, and try to be better than the next person, you know. Um, and I guess that's what everything basketball, DJ, whatever it is that we don't, we always want to be the best. You know what I'm saying, you know, but. 
what they do with that man, it's a lot to remember, first of all. Yes. It's a lot to remember. It's a lot to craft. And, and, and if you know what battle rap is, you know it's not nothing straight. It's not straight rhyming. It's word plays. It's just, you know, name flips. It's, you know, uh, double entendres. It's all these different things mixed up that you have to know. And if you don't know battle rap, you'll be sitting there looking at it like, what the hell is this? I don't know what you're talking about. You know what I'm saying? So it, it, it's definitely a different level. But a lot of battle rappers had a stigma that they, could, they couldn't make good records. And that's the reason why I did the album. You know what I'm saying? They graded what they do, yep. but it wasn't great at making records. Now they're a little better. You know I'm yep. saying you hear some of them, they're a lot better, you know, but they have that stigma on them. No doubt. And also, I want to thank you for something. And that's playing your role in the Stop the Violence movement mm -hmm. and using your platform to get the message out there that hip hop is not about violence. It's yeah. about culture, storytelling, fashion, DJ, graffiti. Like, the legendary Chris Parker, KRS-One, always preached and talked to us about. So what are your hopes for the future of hip-hop in the next generation? That everybody grows up, man. And the older dudes show the younger dudes how to do it. And the younger dudes take it in. You know, understand that, um, you know, just... People use the excuse of I'm young, so I'm just wild and I'm, you know, you're young and you're wilding because you don't have no guidance. Right. And it starts with the household. You know what I'm saying? A lot of these kids don't have fathers and that's where it really starts. The father's got to be in these households and teach these kids and show things of how to grow up. You know what I'm saying? How to move and how to do things. You know, and and, and, and that's what the problem is. Um, so you come, you come, come off the street, come into this. Hip hop, then you bring what you thought, what you brought in the street to music. You know, what I'm saying that's not what music is. You know, um, you should have to die over music. Mm. You know saying like something that's supposed to be fun, you know. So, in that sense, I hope people really get what's at stake and understand that you know, you're taking people's lives, you're hurting people, you know, and, and this is something that can take care of us, something that can treat us right. And, and, and go give gen, uh, generation wealth, wealth for, for years to come. But when you go and you make these gang records or these records where you're killing people and you're yep. citing these things, it just makes it go down further. Now, I'm not knocking what kind of music is made. There's movies with guns and gun violence, and it is what it is. It's a part of what it is. But let's utilize it in the right way. Let's not take it to where you know anybody could just jump in and bring the negative to it, and it messes up for everybody. You know, I just feel like, you know, this is bigger than that. It's bigger than us. You know, see it for what it is. See that it can take care of many people. Take care of you. Take care of everybody. You know, bring all this other crazy shit to it. All it does is just bring the negative, the right. energy that, that we don't need. You know what I'm saying? We don't need. We're already going through enough. Mm -hmm. You know, so that's my, that only sound like I'm preachy, but that that's my well, that, thing. That needs that. to be said, and it's validated when it comes from somebody like you. And before I go to my Ghana 60 Seconds Rapid Fire segment, it wouldn't be right if I didn't ask you to just give me a Karis One story. Because when I start talking about the greatest artist of all time, I think he's my favorite. Karis One, first of all, he's my daughter's godfather. Mm. He was there when my, my daughter was born. I was on stage at Tampa, Florida. He was, he was there at the hospital. 
when the baby was born, Divina Love. We have a, our relationship was like brothers. We did so many different things together. I was there when PM Dawn got thrown off the stage. Mm. I was there when me when Nelson Mandela came out of jail and KRS and myself, we performed at Yankee Stadium, which I'm about to be Yankee Stadium again. We, uh, we performed at Yankee Stadium in celebration of, of Nelson Mandela. That was something I shared with my brother. Like, you know, um, many different shows we did. What we're about to do now, coming up on the 11th, um, he is the epitome of hip hop. Yes. I watched this dude rip buildings down, seize the people, and just destroy places, man. Like, not, not, not did good, destroy places. Like, this is what this guy represents. Brilliant, brilliant, brilliant mind. Reads all the atlases, reads all the dictionaries, all the way through. Like he has a lot his library where all these books he read from beginning to end. He reads them two, three times. Like this dude's mind is way over here, and you know, um, he's somebody that should be celebrated. No doubt, he should, sure. he's somebody that should be celebrated because what he does changes lives. What he's been doing changes lives. You know, the Human Education Against Lies um, mm-hmm. project we did, the Hill Project. That was after the Stop the Violence Project, uh, self-destruction. Now, all these years later, we're doing it again. We're doing a new Stop the Violence Project. Your new album, I just submitted two beats for the album. Um, so, yeah, he, he, he continues to try to make it good for our people. Wow, shout to the legend, the teacher, KRS-One. And before I let you get out of here, Kid Capri, I have a rapid fire called Gone in 60 Seconds. You ready to do this? Yes, sir. Of all the artists you've collaborated with, which one truly exceeded your expectations? Jay-Z. Because when I was recording with Jay-Z, I put the beat on, he just went like this. Said, play it again, play it again. He went like this. So I right, come on, win the booth, didn't write down nothing. It was the most magical thing I ever seen in my life. The dude didn't write one word down and went in the booth and made it's like that the record we have now. I'm a hop, skip with the jump, ripping the pump. He did that in his mind. No nothing. And I was there to see it. I was there to see it. Because I was giving him a different record. I was giving him a different beat. And this beat, the beat that we did, the record is like that. I had that looped on the tape because I couldn't get it to lock on the machine for some reason. But I had it looped on the tape and I was playing the tape. And he walked past the, the uh, studio while I was playing the tape. He said, yo, what's that? I said, there's something I had. He said, yo, we need to do that. Five minutes. I had this record five years. I couldn't get it right. Five minutes after he said that I had it right. Wow. He ended up doing the record and he ended up going in the booth. One take. He did one take and he did one ad-lib track. That was it. He did the hook. Wow. Most incredible thing I ever seen. Wow. And so, so ain't no question why he got a book a hold. Next up, naming an up and coming artist you think more people should know about. Simba. Mm, that's my God. Great answer. I love him so much. Simba is super dope, man. Simba's super, super dope. dope. Cool dude, man. This you know song recently. That's my guy. Yeah, I rock with Simba. I rock with him. He, he really, he, he's one of them guys. Uh, yeah, he, he's definitely one. Um, my man, Oct2Gs, 
Mm-hmm. He's definitely another one. Um, who else? Uh, it's it's a lot of dudes, man. A lot yeah. of people, you know. Um, but Simba definitely. Uh, I like I like I like not only that the way he perform. I like how he move. Me too. You know, I like how he move, and, and that right there means a lot to me as well. Um, you know, there's a lot of talented people, but are you the type of person that treat people well and treat people fairly? And you know, do you mush your career in people's face? Like a lot of times, I look on the net. And I see people showing their success. And it's one thing to celebrate your success, but it's, it's a different when you celebrate the wrong things and you're mushing, you're mushing your success in poor people's faces. You know what I'm saying? You're not, you're, not, you're not thinking about that. Like everything doesn't have to be, you have to show everything. You have to show everything that you, everything you possess. When I'm on the net, I show work. I always try to, that's what I show. I don't show things I own, cars I drive, my house, my, right. I don't show that. Like, People have that. I, I show what innovates and what inspires people, and that's the work. Because basically, that's where that's where all these accolades and all these things come from—the work. So show the work and, and inspire in that way, instead of you wishing on everything that you're doing. Everybody, I just, you know, I, I, I'm not knocking anybody that does it. It's just saying. No, no. I agree. I totally agree. And I was asked that question recently. I said Simba, and I said Dave East, even though like. Absolutely. I just did a record with Dave East. It's out right now. Uh, it, it just came out. That's my guy. He's so Love Dave East, man. He's another one. Absolutely. Definitely. He's uh, so And last but certainly not least, and I appreciate you taking the time, please tell the audience what's next for Kid Capri. Yo, um, I've been to this. Uh, there's a lot going on. I have my show on Sirius X and Fly. I've been doing it for seven years. Um, that's that's Channel 47 that's been going on. But I'm also putting out the next album, More Love. I did the Love album, I'm putting out More Love next. Um, also, doing a lot of television stuff, a lot of behind-the-scenes television stuff, stuff that I'm never going to be on the camera for because I want to do some of the behind-the-scenes things, some of these shows that they have out here. You know, they need that 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 edge. And sometimes people have a job and they just want to do their job, but they don't really know how to do their job. So... Right. We want to, we want to, we want to attack that. And um, the same thing like with with the BET Awards, I did. It's the first time didn't have no no host. I was pretty much the host of the show. And what I did behind the scenes, see, that's what people see. They see what they see, but they don't see the behind the scenes stuff. And what I did behind the scenes really impressed a lot of people, like Jesse Collins. You know, um, you know, so he knows I know what I'm doing. And so I want to do a lot of that stuff too. But also, you know, they want Kid Capri to be out there doing what I'm doing, what I've been doing. So I'm, I'm still on the road doing my thing. I'm still, you know, um, making the music and putting different ideas together. So it's going to be a whole lot of different stuff. The legendary, the innovator, the trailblazer, Grammy award-winning pioneer, DJ Kid Capri. I appreciate you in the time, my brother. Much love. I appreciate you, Rose. Thank you, man. Last call. I'd like to thank Kid Capri for stopping by the podcast. He has stories on stories on stories and many memories about hip-hop present and history. You know why? He was there. One thing that stuck out to me about Kid is how he's using his career and experience to put a stop to the violence we're seeing in hip-hop, our music, our culture. Is not just rapping into a microphone. 
It's a lifestyle. It's fashion. It's breakdance. It's graffiti. And most of all, it's love. And I'm proud that Kid Capri is doing his part to keep hip hop alive and safe in so many ways. So I ask you this, which artist was your first introduction to the greatness of hip hop? Mine, Melly Mel, Run DMC, LL Cool J, KRS-One, Rakim. What artist had the lyrics that spoke to you and became the soundtrack of your life like Tupac did mine and Nas did mine Jay-Z did mine Biggie did mine J. Cole Kendrick Lamar Pusha T did mine whoever it is just remember music has the power to motivate let it inspire you and keep you climbing towards your goals. I'm the Renaissance Man. See you next week.